the vast majority of the companies they've given warnings to are, are sort of scams or dubious. And then, as as we've all seen with finance, they're really going after them. Some of the biggest ones. So I do think they have possibly uh, they, they they know what they're doing in terms of who they're really going after and who they're cracking down on. Welcome to another episode of Sumo Podcast, where we bring you the latest development from the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrencies. I'm your host, Amelia Raz, and today we have a very important discussion lined up concerning the aftermath of the financial promotion regime for crypto assets, which came into force on the 8th of October. And joining us today are two industry experts and also returning guests on this podcast. We've got first Erika Stanford author of Crypto Wars and who is also part of the digital asset team at CMS Law Firm. And we've got Michael Johnson, the head of compliance at Zumo, who notably did a first podcast with Sue Carpenters from Crypto UK before the financial promotion regime came into effect. Let's dive straight into it. So like to set the stage, um, I'll just share a very recent experience from being at events and talking to the industry, uh, especially about financial promotion. So we recently attended CCDAS, uh, Zebu Live London and London Blockchain Finance uh, Summit. And to my grand surprise, the financial promotion regime was called a few times by some of the attendees as a new advertising role for crypto. And when I was asking some of the participants how they were coping with the financial promotion regime, they told me it didn't really affect them because they were not advertising on Facebook and Google. So it really struck me that there is a lot of confusion still on what the financial promotions regime is. And I would love to hear your perspective and any of the sentiments that you've had after now that the deadline has passed. Erika, do you want to start? Yeah, so there's there's a few things. I mean, there there is a, a, a lot of confusion still, and it's it's crypto being crypto. A lot of of crypto companies don't always want to uh, follow every rule uh, before it's it's formed. So a, a few points. It doesn't relate just to social media. A lot about the uh, regime is about misleading advertising which could be on their websites, it could be on their marketing materials, brochures, it could be um, on, on the internet, it could be ads on the tube. So it, it, it relates to any really, not, not just so much marketing and promotions, but wording used to describe a product. And of course, there's crypto companies that describe what they do accurately. And, and we have seen in the industry plenty that have promised or guaranteed super high returns or in, impossible returns. And, and we've seen that very often. So so really what the regime is is about, it's curbed at stopping that and, and curbed at stopping a lot of the, the false promises made where some people maybe make some money early on, but really they see most people uh, falling for the wording and then losing their money. So I'd say it does affect all crypto companies. And, and of course, there's regulations in place now that you've got to be either registered with, with the FCA or you've got to uh, go through one of the regulated companies to check your wording and, and your marketing and your promotion. So it does affect all crypto companies and doesn't relate just to social media. It's, it's bigger than that. And I, I've got to say, I'm not usually the first person to cry regulation as being the best thing in every circumstance. But I, I do believe in this circumstance, it's a very good thing that it's 
come in and, and I would say it's overdue because there's been so much misleading advertising all over the industry, which which has only hindered everything really. It's it's hindered individuals because lots of people have, have fallen for it and lost money. And it's also hindered, I would say, the progress of the the good companies that some might sometimes have been left behind because some people see the the great promises made by the less good companies and fall for those rather than going for the mis the the actual uh, accurate and possible uh, words of of the better companies. Yeah, I think it's a big thing there, Eka, isn't it? Um, it? It's the tokens that have been driven by social media. Uh, just catch your eye. Oh, I'll have some of that because someone's going to tell me it's going to make me loads of money. Yeah. Um, historically, it's kind of driven this um, a lot of this regime, I think. And, and yeah, quite rightly, I, I think there needs, needs something needed to be done. Whether this is the right approach or otherwise, it's it's probably the most effective at this point in time. Uh, to to bring this regime in, into play. Uh, one of the things that I always reflect on as, as well when I'm looking at this is, um, you know, when, when you're talking about marketing, it's the correlation between a what somebody thinks is just their branding and, and what's actually um, sort of a financial promotion. Uh, it doesn't take much to, to move it from that brand, um, pushing a brand into becoming a financial promotion, even if uh, unintended at that point in yeah. time. And and you've touched on one of the, the key things, one of the biggest issues is that it isn't just necessarily what the company says, but then you get all these TikTok and other influencers that then sometimes try and make a quick buck by by promoting things their way and, and sometimes uh, wording things to be slightly better than they are in, in real life to to get investors to to buy using their codes or so forth. Yeah, money to be made at every every possible angle. So I mean, yeah, I, I think while it's very um, restrictive for um, the influencers, I think it's a necessary piece just to bring a bit of order uh, and, and due diligence to to the area. You know, influence have to apply for S twenty one cover themselves if they do want to continue to promote uh, crypto assets. So it's not saying that they can't. But they've got to go through a, a regimented process to be able to do so. And so, Michael, why is there such a confusion from some of the crypto companies that, well, if they're not registered with CFCA, why do they just believe that is because they are not uh, advertising on Facebook or Google that it doesn't affect them? Well, if you take it at its um, at its base level, um, you know, financial promotions, the name of it, you, you naturally start thinking about a marketing campaign. Um they're not based in the UK, so they're perhaps not directing their attention towards the UK. Uh, the FCA, to be fair to them, did reach out to many a company, as we well know, um, to highlight and to try and engage um, with these firms uh, up front. But if you've got other other pressures, other business pressures um, to, to be dealing with, it's maybe not taken or not caught the eye of the, the right members of staff, not reached the boards uh, in terms of um, being able to manage that correctly and understand what financial promotions actually means. So, you know, at face value, you do naturally think of marketing. It's when you start looking through the policy documents um, and, and that kind of thing that you think, well, no, actually, it's significantly more. Mm. And for those that have been in the UK already, then they already have an idea of what financial promotions is about as well. And Erica, since since you you are you're in part of the digital asset team at uh, CMS Law Firm, what are, like have you seen any comp any crypto companies coming to you like asking for advice and like what did you see any uptake on? Um, on some of these companies wanting to perhaps like use your services to help them with financial promotions. 
Yeah, so it's it's and it's really interesting what we find at the law firm. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not a lawyer, but I I, I see all of the, the things that come in. Is people come to us wanting everything in the crypto space and and unlike in other industries they come in wanting help with marketing wanting help with wording wanting help with uh, recruitment wanting help with connection wanting help with everything so that that has been a big thing and touching on what michael uh said one of the the, the factors and, and and this isn't really so much limited to crypto companies but this is the industry we're talking about is especially when some companies are struggling financially because it hasn't been the best market of of late. Uh, some companies have, have had to let go of, of staff and of team members and not all companies, now all crypto companies, should have client compliance uh, teams and, and people responsible for compliance and, and for this. And not all necessarily do or have optimal compliance teams. And, and certainly there are some who have marketing people who really don't know the industry and who don't know the regimes and think, oh, it's just, you know, marketing as, as normal. And the, the thing with crypto, because it's such a unique industry and it's such a new industry and it's changing so fast and the regulations are changing so fast and nobody's really clear of it. Having a, a non-crypto expert marketing team or having a non-crypto expert legal team or having a non-crypto expert compliance team just doesn't cut it because it's such a unique industry. So it really is an, an industry where you do need people who know the exact laws and regulations and, and trends for that industry uh, to be on your team. And this is what we've got Michael on the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on board, sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, and so um, going back to like some of the, uh, I guess, like the consequences, right? The regime came into place on the 8th of October, and we've already already seen the FCA taking a very proactive approach, uh, warning. I think the first warning was for 146 companies. Is that right, Michael? Yeah, indeed, 146. And so, what what are some of the consequences, and how is the the, the FCA implementing the regime now? Well, I think it was, you know, it's. I'm going to say those 146 were probably low hanging fruit. Um, you know, as I said, FCA have tried to reach out to a number of unregistered firms previously. So they've, they've got a list of those firms that don't appear to have been engaging with them. And a, a quick look at their, um, for instance, their websites will give them an indication as to whether they have attempted at all to take on board this financial promotions regime. And it's it's following that quick review was probably led to that action of, of these, these firms um, being sort of um, blacklisted, as it were, in terms of the FCA uh, website called out for, for not meeting the requirements. But likely there are others as well, which the FCA are engaging with and, you know, trying to find a, let's say, a happy place between the sort of the, the two uh, and, a, and a compliant approach um, as, as time goes by. Um, we, we've they've, they've been quite upfront in terms of what their next ports of call are. I think uh, I read something on their website um, the other day, which was, was calling out, you know, the, the focusing on um, engaging with social media platforms and payment firms um, in, in a means to try and prevent the, the flow um, of engagement, the flow of uh, funds themselves to these, these firms, because um, they, they aren't being compliant. And they can, you know, it's these other firms that also have to watch out from a, from a compliance and a regulation perspective, because they can get caught up in the proceeds of crime, because they're essentially supporting, again, I'll say unintentionally, um, activity which is in, in breach of, of regulations. 
So it's um, it's it's a it's a catch-all in a way that everybody's involved in this. Um, so the consequences aren't just hitting the crypto market; they're they're hitting a, a wider um, industry. It's a crypto industry wide rather than just crypto asset firms. Is probably the way to look at it. Um, so we can see definitely more activity. I'm sure over time come from the FCA. Uh, when they looked at the the P2P um, industry. They carried out um, an initial review of, of websites and they followed that up more recently with um, a review of the, the onboard, I'll call it the onboarding process. So the financial promotions flow, the, 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 the personalized warning, the, the categorization, et cetera. And so I, I imagine we'll see something similar come from the FCA uh, in that respect as well. But they've been quick off the mark. They said there would be, to be fair. Um, they did try and engage with firms beforehand and that they're following that through in terms of taking actions now. Yeah, and it, it's been interesting how they've been going about it. As, as you say, they've been scrolling through social media and, and, and online websites and, and everything. And they say that the vast majority of companies that they've given warnings to, I, I heard it was yeah 148 in the first week and it's it's now gone up to 210, um, 146, sorry. But um, the, the vast majority of the companies they've given warnings to are, are sort of scams or dubious and then as as we've all seen with Binance they're really going after them and some of the biggest ones so I do think they have possibly uh they, they, they know what they're doing in terms of who they're really going after and who they're cracking down on is my assumption yeah it's a really strange place isn't it I mean I, I reflected on this and I, I talk about it frequently uh sort of within within Zumo it's this S21 setup, how many S21s are there actually out there that are permitted uh, to, to support crypto asset firms? Um, you mentioned Binance as a, a good example where, oh, they thought they had an S21 firm that was willing and, and able to support them. And it, and it turns out from an FCA perspective, definitely not the case. Yes. So there's a lot of um, due diligence these S21 firms need to, uh, to perform uh, before they could even consider carrying out the the, the approval uh, aspects for these um, these crypto asset firms so just goes to show it's it's not an easy easy feat to get across the line there either i mean if i if i look back there is so we've we've got 146 already 146 warning out there uh, that the fca has um as as launched and possibly like more to come and you said like there is only like three uh s21 i mean like is there i mean there must be like a queue for this s21 uh firm but is there like any other options for for these companies to be able to comply well i i had breakfast with archax recently and uh, and they were i believe the first that was was given the permission to uh, approve the companies and and they say they're incredibly busy but they seem to have the capacity to uh to, to work for a lot of the companies so my guess is until there's more it will just be a few companies that are very busy and helping a lot of the, the companies out yeah i mean we we, we are um we're approaching this in a, a slightly different way as well we, we are not s21 very clear to make that that point out um but we are engaging with a, a number of unregistered uh, firms to see whether we can support their customer base um, and and possibly you know work with them in terms of perhaps a sort of revenue share and, and essentially take over their, 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 their sort of the, the custodianship of, of that customer um, portfolio that they have in the UK whether it's a temporary measure while they sort themselves out with an S21 and go through a registration piece or whether it becomes more of a permanent piece from a strategic perspective but we're having a number of sort of conversations uh, around that uh, to see whether that's something um, which which firms would would want to consider. It's not ideal, but neither is the S21 route, neither is registration. They all have 
costs and, and other things associated with them. Um, but we're just trying to keep the, the options open um, as much for the crypto industry to try and see what we can do to support you know firms and, and customers who are in this space that we don't want to lose sight of because at the end of the day, we're looking long-term. You know, we don't want to lose consumers. Uh, if, if they can show that they have the knowledge um, and are comfortable in, in investing in crypto, then we don't want them going somewhere else simply because there are no not, not enough companies to service them within the UK. I mean, it must be quite scary, right? Because like, if you are a crypto company and you, you're not registered with the FCA, you're already like in a disadvantage. Then you try to go through S21. Uh, there is only a few providers out there. And in the case of like the big company that we've just named, your S21 gets shut down. I mean, like it's quite a lot of like risk that the S21 are taking, right? But they have to review a whole business model for the companies. And if the FCA is not comfortable with that, then we see that they can shut down. I mean, looking forward, what can we expect in the crypto market in the next few months? I'm not asking you like a crystal ball, but what can we expect from considering the bigger impact of the financial promotion regime? I'll let Michael start with that one. Oh, no worries. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's definitely been interesting times. I think we're going to see um, some uh, swings and roundabouts, some ups and downs um, as um, the, this financial promotion regime kind of takes takes hold properly. I think there'll be denial perhaps with some firms. Let's just ignore it and hopefully it'll go away and then they'll get a knock on the door or something along those lines and they'll realise they've got to take action. Um, so I, I think that's why I'll get those kind of swings and roundabouts. Um, so it'll seem to be quiet, and then it'll be it'll it'll sort of it'll get a bit noisy again in terms of uh, someone being called out for uh, not being compliant. But I think it's definitely the right move. Um, the, I guess the intention from the the FCA's perspective was that it would actually encourage people to register. But we can see from the the data that's come through has been published by the FCA of late that that hasn't come to, to fore as yet. Um, it could see this uh, sort of firms registering for S21 uh, approval uh, rights. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out because that's very, very new and upcoming as well. So we'll see we'll see how things develop from that perspective, see what the market looks like in the, the coming months. What about you, Erica? Yeah, I, I, I do think I, I agree with what Michael said. I, I think there's going to be a lot of focus on the, the FinProm uh, regimes that companies will have to abide by and, and will just get their websites taken down if they don't. Um, a, a few other trends I expect to see, and I'm sorry, I'm going to probably come across a bit negative. I don't think we've quite seen the end of the big collapses yet. Um, there's a couple of us, I expect, which uh, I, I think will, won't will harm the industry long term, but I, I think might cause it another little ripple effect. Um, and also one of the, the big things we're seeing is is AI deep fakes and, and AI sort of led uh, scams, which are just so good. You've got AI that can now uh, impersonate people incredibly well on video, on uh, voice, on messaging, on, on all of these features. So I, I think one of the issues that's going to face crypto companies and, and all companies is how they deal with that. How do they deal with things like onboarding or, or or users? How do you know if it's it's a real person or not? And at the moment, we don't have the the counter checks and sort of the counter security um, to be as as good as we need it to be 
Yeah, so I, I think that's a big thing that's going to affect the industry. Wow, Erica, this is the next podcast. Where does it <laughs> start and finishes with AI? <laughs> Thank you, Erica, uh, for sharing all these insights with us to help navigating the post-deadline landscape. Erica, as you are part of the digital asset team at CMS, uh, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with. Oh gosh, um, I, I think if there's any questions anyone has about law or regulation, we've got a, a crypto email address. So it's crypto at cms-cmno.com. So anyone's welcome to email um, that. Usually happy to have a, a coffee or something with with people if they're in London. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I think I think the last thing is is because you've been talking about the the finprom regimes. I wouldn't underestimate those for anyone in a in a crypto company. Don't underestimate those and don't underestimate cyber threats to leave it on on that note. Any last word, Michael? I'll I'll be emailing uh, Erica's email box. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, give, give I, me I think... any any excuse to come to Scotland, Michael. I, I will uh, I will accept great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's um I think those words are very wise. Uh, AI is definitely the, the next thing coming. But uh, yeah, we've, we're, there there are always going to be challenges in this this space and and, and wider afield as well. Um, you know, from our perspective, I suppose in terms of financial promotions, just a message out to anybody, any unregistered firms, if they do want to reach out um, to us, then they're more than welcome to do so. It's it's can be a just simply a chat as to what we believe their options are if they're looking for that kind of um, confirmation, as it were, uh, and, and possibly discuss what we can do for them if we can as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Michael. Right. So, dear listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this session uh, and that it has equipped you with a deeper understanding of the consequence and the outlook after the financial promotion regime deadline. So stay tuned for more update and discussion on the uh, world of digital assets and see you soon.